This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees podcast, the non-red screen of death RFK Refugees podcast. What am I referring to? You'll have to listen to the show to find out. Though I think you can pretty much guess what it's about. Most people know what it's about. John, how was your weekend? How, how was your weekend? Did you get any red screens of death other than on Saturday? It didn't, but I also am sorry to tell all of our listeners that the last uh, seven minutes of the show will, will not be listenable. You can see them, but you can't hear them. So it's a reverse Yo, yeah. situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we, well, we had issues. We had issues with our last show. Let's be clear. I don't know what yeah. happened. <laughs> kind of, we, we pre, it was a prelude to Saturday. But then uh, again, you know, we didn't pay thirteen million dollars to you know have the rights to DC United Games. So um, I think true. we get a pass. We're we're dealing with equipment that some of which we have used um, your wonderful Patreon dollars to pay for to upgrade. But most of the time, it's usually out of our own pocket. So I think we get a pass. I think we get a pass. And we got the show up, so you can check it out if you want. To, if you missed the last few minutes. Um, Apologies to, to I feel like I had to apologize to like the second guest like for like cutting off the the audio like we lost the entire audio for NYC our NYC FC guy and now we lost like part of the audio but anyway most people I think heard it so um, anyway thanks again to John John uh, Hewitt for coming on the show and uh, uh, they uh, DC played his team on uh, Saturday it ended in a one one draw um, John, how how like overall thoughts? How are we feeling? How are we feeling about the game? How are you feeling about the result? What is your what is your what is your reactions? Your 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 feelings? I want to I want to I want to know John Hoffman's feelings on the game. What are my feelings? Uh, my feeling is that we're in first place, mm-hmm. which I'm really happy about. We are indeed. Uh, the team continues to not really spark, um, but the fact that we continue to get points. And, and play these games in such a way that makes them really not enjoyable to watch is a good thing because I don't think it's, I don't think it's permanent. I think it's, I think this is temporary. And if it's temporary because we're going to get new, more new players in the, in the, in the, uh, in the summer window, that's one way it's temporary. Um, if it's temporary and then it's just a dip and we've had a lot of games coming up and we've got a big break, that'll help. Um, you would assume that we're going to get our left back back permanently after this break. One assumes, one Hopefully. hopes, <laughs> Hopefully. fingers crossed. Yes, um, because his replacement continues to get beaten. Uh, another another game, another goal for uh, Pedroso. Uh, yeah. So, what, overall, I think that the point was deserved. I think it was right. Uh, I don't think we deserved more than that. We had a lot of uh, we had a lot of the ball. We had more of the ball, I think, than we than. Um, Maybe no, not more than we should have assumed. We we should have assumed better. We're lucky that that uh, Bruce Arena wasn't on the sidelines because that really would have probably kicked them up into a, into super high gear. Yeah, <laughs> but the red card, the red card should have. You definitely felt after the red card, which we'll talk about in a second. I think um, you thought that DC really had an opportunity to pour it on. Now the the Dave and Devin were basically implying like, all right, well now it's this time to put these guys in the wood chipper, and we kept trying, and we trying and trying and trying. And the crosses were not finding heads, uh, and and they gave up a goal. Yeah. <laughs> right after they went. Right, right after they. Right went up after again, they went up one. Nothing. Which is yeah. peak 2018, early first half DC yeah. United of 2018. So, what do you? What were your thoughts overall about the performance? I mean, pretty much pretty similar. Um, I, you know, obviously you go up, you go up, you go up a man, and you you expect to come out with three points, 
in any game, in any situation. Um, I will say, though, keeper is kind of the one position that if you had to choose a position, if, if you're confident in your backup, which I'm not sure, you know, Brad Knighton versus Matt Turner, he gets a little bit of plus for me because he played for the kickers for a little bit. Um, but, you know, Matt Turner versus Brad Knighton, I'm not sure really there's much differences. And, of course, Brad Knighton came in, made a couple of really nice saves uh, to keep, uh, to keep you know, DC from getting three points um, and almost, you know, saved on Rooney's penalty kick. Um, but, you know, goalkeeper is kind of the one position where if you get a red card, well, at least you have the choice of field players you get to bring off. You lose a center defender, that's when things can get bad, you know, because then you're missing your entire middle. You're having to scramble to try to figure out. Maybe you try to bring a sub on. You have to take that extra step, and that's when things tend to look pretty bad. So, uh, But DC, you know, gives up a goal right off the bat. Again, not great. Um, Pedroso is definitely, I would say, 75 to 80% at fault. Um, the whole team should have done a better job clearing the ball. Um, he then gets brought on, brought off the field and brought on for Zoltan Steber, which I, you know, Ben Olsen can say, oh, it's to bring an attacking force on, but you bring on, you're bringing on a left back for the other player who's in your doghouse. So it doesn't get much more doghouse than that. Um, I'm thinking if, if, <clears throat> if Odie Astom is at least 90 minutes fit, even Akeem Ward at this point, um, I'm starting to think maybe you give those guys a run, um, in, in the, over these next couple games, I think we'll certainly see them. Maybe, maybe you give, uh, you give uh, Pedroso a rest a little bit just to kind of get his head back on straight. Um, but, uh, yeah, bad goal to give up, uh, the team. I mean, the, the, it's like, everything is there. Like you can see certain moments that kind of, you kind of perk your head up. Um, uh, I personally thought Lucas Rodriguez, we've talked a lot sort of about Lucas Rodriguez and the fact that whether he can slot into that number 10 role. And, and it was kind of hinted when they signed him, like, oh, he's going to be the replacement for Acosta. First few games were like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. Um, this is the one game where if he puts forward more performances like that, um, I'm going to start to buy into it. He made an absolutely incredible run um, that probably could have been a goal of the week nominee. Um, before getting stolen by, you know, Atlanta or uh, Cincinnati fans, you know, undoubtedly, um, where he made a really, really nice run, and it took an absolutely incredible tackle from Brandon By to prevent that ball from going in. I think that was when – I'm trying to remember if that was when they were up one or whether they were down. They were down at that point. I think they were down at that point. Um, so, I mean, that that's a game, you know, combined with the penalty, that's something that could have swung the, uh, swung the game. Um so I really thought Lucas Rodriguez had a really strong performance, and I'm actually he is starting to actually look like a better option right now than than Lucho Acosta out there, um, and, and that's and that's saying something. Uh, and John's looking at me, but I, I'm really certainly I thought he had a really good game. I thought he was very strong. He was passing. He was moving. He was uh, there was a I think a, a a play he almost made on the sort of near post where he made a nice run um, and and nearly put the ball in the back of the net. Um, but I, I really thought he played well, um, and I, I think we're going to see him only get better, and it's going to take time for him to adapt, but we're starting to see him be maybe a little bit, maybe the first few games, he's like, okay, I'm on loan, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make a mistake, but now maybe he's getting more confident, and maybe he's like, you know what, I, I'm going to, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run at some guys, I'm going to make some plays and make some moves, um, so, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, so, uh, I, I'm all R Lucas Rodriguez 2019, so, <laughs> I feel like he, I feel like he has one or two moments of shining, and the 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 run that you're talking about is one of those. Um, but I, I don't I don't think he keeps a consistent level up throughout the game. I don't have the Opta stats up. I feel like he fades in and out a little bit. He, uh, Devin brought up in the pregame like he needs to ask for the ball and command the ball more, even though there are lots of players in the midfield who uh, want the ball, or at least one other one who wants the ball. Uh, I want to see him more dominant in that place. I, I like that he kept the ball and tried to score himself. I think that's good. Any good 
any good worth his salt attacking midfielder wants wants that opportunity and I, I like that he did that I'm not I, I think that I think maybe his adjustment is more about just adjusting to the league still um I don't know I, I, I Devin also said before the game I agree with him I want to see some end product um I want to see more end product uh before I mean I think they're going to pick up his loan anyway because I don't think it was that expensive I don't think the buy option was very expensive I think it's like a million dollars so do it anyway but I would I would like to see a little bit more final product. I want to see him command the ball more, dominate a little bit more. I'm still concerned that when Lucho goes, if Lucho goes, I still think that we're going to hurt for creative chances. Um, even even with Rodriguez, even bringing back Assad, I feel like, and I know that he's not been his end result has not been there either, uh, and he's given up the ball more this year than he has in the past, or at least before he was good again. I still think though that uh, I think that he has he has a little bit of the spark that that no one else has. So we'll we'll see we'll see when he goes what we were able to replace him with and and how Rooney is able to still put an impact on a game without Acosta as sort of his foil because um, that's still the case. They're still dependent on each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would argue that a little bit. And there were some nice you know one two passing that they had that they had in that game as well. Um, I think this team still is struggling, and what they're struggling with, they struggle with a team that just sits back and doesn't try to uh, defend, just doesn't try to attack, and they get you know caught on the counter like they did against New England, and that's something this team still has not been able to figure out. Um, when you play against a good defense, how do you how are you able to break them down? As soon as a team kind of points the ball forward a little bit and says, "All right, we're going to try to play at you," uh, then DC seems to to play much better and seems to have more more chances and more opportunities. Um, other notes in the game. I mean, I thought Brilliant was solid. Um, defensively had a couple chances where I thought he could have, you know, scored a goal for DC. Um, what was that? Uh, Bobby Warshaw was, you know, he was saying, was suggesting is whether the team should bench, uh, Luciano Acosta or Wayne Rooney. Um, I didn't think Wayne Rooney had a poor game. He put in some great service. He's, he's starting to maybe get turf a little bit. Um, he's struggled in the past few seasons and I think this was really his first game. Uh, of the year, I think he's had to play on turf. Um, I, well, I don't know if we'll count the NYCFC Yankee Stadium field as an actual field, but um, you know he's always struggled a little bit on turf, and and he seemed like to me he was starting his service was a little suspect, and then he started to pick it up a little bit. Um, had a great shot um, preceding the uh, preceding the uh, the uh, the red uh, after the red card um, where he had the free kick and took a shot, and Brad Knight made a really nice save. Uh, Could have very yep. easily been a a turned the tables and made DC completely run run over uh New England. We'll be talking about a one nothing victory and us, you know, in a much better place. Um I think it puts this obviously this draw I think puts a lot more pressure on the team. Uh they have to win the next two games. They got a, two home games coming up before the break. Uh then they get a nice two three week break to get guys healthy and to rest. Um I think this team is in dire need of just a break. Just just mm-hmm. a, everybody step away. Let's regroup in, you know, a couple weeks. Let's all take a, a week to to collect ourselves. Let's come back in a better a better mindset. Um, so, but they, I think they they have to get max points in these games because teams are catching up. Um, New York's finding their form. Um, you have Atlanta getting better certainly, um, and you have uh, a lot of other teams still kind of in the mix there. Um, it's a very very messy Eastern Conference right now. There's there's yes, not there, there's not a lot of difference for sure. So. Um, any other sort of thoughts you have on the game before we get to probably the main the main talking point of the of the weekend? Yeah, no, I think uh, I think that there were there were a lot of blah performances. I think uh, overall, I think it's down to I think I think there's a lot of miles in these legs. I think you're right. I think that's really a, a core driver behind what's going on. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm hoping that everybody gets to go home and I hope Wayne goes back to England for a break. I mean, doesn't it doesn't travel? Yeah, it doesn't travel. <laughs> 
I mean, this team has played more games. I think they've played the most games. You know, they're certainly tied for the most in the Eastern Conference. So to kind of be in the position they are, and they've kind of been thrown to the wood chipper with a lot of these games, uh, you get a much more, I think, probably a much more spread out schedule down the stretch. So you get that week, and then you're you're not going to have um, as many games as a lot of uh, as a lot of other teams because some teams have played, you know, sometimes twelve, th- you know, eleven, twelve games at this point, um, maybe a little more. But uh, but it's it's pretty much been DC's like at fifteen or sixteen, and they're and they're gonna and they're gonna finish right at the midway point where I, th- I don't think a lot of other teams are gonna get there yet. So there's gonna be a lot of of opportunity I think once they come back from that break. They're rested. They're they're got guys healthy, and they can really make a run because um, they're not going to have as many games as a lot of other teams are going to have towards the end of the year. So, uh, other thing is Ulysses Segura as a starter is just not for me, man. Yeah, at least as he, at least as at least in that position as he, a as a right wing, basically, yeah. he's not he's not for me. He's serviceable. He works hard, but man, do they miss Paul Ariola? And I am it's it's upsetting to me. I, will he be? Will, is he going to be there for the June first game? Does camp start by then, or is he? I mean, is this? I don't know. Yeah, that would be the one question I would have um, as to whether he's going to be there. I would hope he's there uh, against San Jose because honestly, um, I was kind of more scared about the Chicago game than the San Jose game. Um, And then suddenly, Wondolowski has turned into a goal scoring machine and is going to make a run at Carlos Vela for like the Golden Boot. Um, And uh, and yeah, looks a lot better. Um, Yeah, but I'm agree with you. A lot of blah performances. I think this team's in need of a break. So uh, we'll. we'll, uh, We'll see how Wednesday goes. They got a game tomorrow, so fun, fun times. <laughs> I'll be there live, live and direct, and yes. uh, hoping that we see a little bit better, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit more uh, front foot forward offensive product. Just win, baby. Just win. I don't care yeah. how. It, I really don't care how it happens these next two games. I don't care if they win I on. I gotta a v- watch it though, so I do want it to look nice. I have to vi- visual, visually. I, I mean, see I gotta it. watch it too, but I mean, I'd love it to look nice as well. But at this point, I just want them to win and get to the break, and then we can regroup and start talking about how they're winning uh, at this kinda point. Mad, kind of mad Griffin. Yao didn't get in that game too. Yeah. I think we're, we're all a little bit disappointed. Didn't that. use that third sub. Segura played 90. I think it would have been, I think it would have been a good idea. Uh, also the penalty. I tweeted that I was almost positive that Wayne was going to miss that penalty. I just had a feeling in my bones. I'm usually pretty accurate about that. Uh, the goalie guessed right. And it almost was saved, but it wasn't. So yeah. that was uh Good for uh, good for us, I guess. Overall, happy that happened. Some some good fortune to DC because uh, uh, there was a, a play early in the game where uh, uh, Russell Canals. I mean, in my opinion, not a hand, not a handling call. He tries to pull his arm behind his back, um, kind of inadvertent contact with the hand. Um, and then it was kind of funny watching like Revs fans being like, "Oh, he's protecting his face on the on their hand on their handling call." And I'm like, "Yeah, he's protecting his face with his hand all the way out away from his face. He's not." putting it up close to his face or anything like that. So, but yeah, protecting his face. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Clear, ha- clear handling call. Um, don't think there were a lot of real, any real problems with the refereeing. I, I don't have any issues at all with, with what happened. Of course it's easy when calls go your way, but, um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, but uh, I, I was, I was petrified when Turner cleared out Rooney. I like, he looked, he kind of looked like you kind of look at him and he's kind of like, almost like he has that frozen, like confused type look. And I was like, "Oh dear God! If he has a concussion and he's right. out for like the next liquidate the team, yeah. sell everyone." <laughs> yeah, at this point, I'm like, "Oh dear God, we're in trouble." But um, he stood up and apparently was okay. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, the he uses the two weeks to like completely wrap himself in bubble wrap because goodness knows we need him. Um, <laughs> that tough, uh, that tough, uh, that tough Liverpool, uh, Liverpool uh, body constitution. Is, yes, exactly. <laughs> 
All right. So, uh, John, how was the end of the game? By the way, did you enjoy the the? It was great. No, I love the. I love. I love the the high def. Yes. Play by play. I felt like it was very immersive, and uh, <laughs> and I knew what was going on. It was the best part about it. Yeah, I, I love the I love the really high def red screen, with the score bug in the background. <sighs> Let's talk about it, John. Let's talk about Flow Sports, and in in another. Yeah, I, yeah, I I don't know what I don't know what else to say. It's 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 unbelievable that we're having to talk about this again, in the game everybody else got to watch. You know, the New England fans, no problems. The a guy in the UK, the DC uh, United Kingdom guy, was able to watch it just fine, no problems whatsoever. (laughs) DC fans in the district were met with a red screen. And completely missed out on the first half. And Flow Sports, I'm sure, is like I'm sure after that game they were like, "Thank God DC didn't score," because um, you imagine yeah. like a 90 minute, 95th minute goal that completely missed that would be completely missed by the cameras. Uh, how how well the the response has already been bad, but it would have been extra bad. Yeah, uh, Ryan Kiefer said we needed a Heidi moment, which is a old person reference to a. To, I think believe a Monday night football game getting uh, going to the local news prior to the end with a with a with a result happening at the end. I think it's that. It could be soccer. <laughs> Cut this out if that's wrong. I'm pretty sure that's right. <laughs> Hold on. Continue to talk. I'm gonna Google to make sure I didn't just say something. Like, oh yes, it was football. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> it's 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 really frustrating, and it's frustrating from the point for me. And and I I I kind of hate. I'm kind of over the whole argument of like. You know, everybody like brings up, well, this is just completely, you know, against fans. You know, they took the money and blah, 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 blah. And and honestly, uh, the, the fact that they that someone out there is willing to pay, you know, the amount of money, 13 million that was reported for the D.C. United rights. That is a good thing. That is a that is a sign that the team invested in the roster, that they put out a product that someone has valued. Say, yes, we want to pay for those rights. In essence, that is that is a good thing, and that is a good thing for the club, and it allows the club to then you know not to you know invest in other areas and to uh, and to particularly get better players in the roster. Um, they're able to offer a three million dollar contract to Luciano Acosta. They're able to pay you know Wayne Rooney five million dollars, and these are all things that DC is breaking records. Every single player they have signed, I'm pretty sure their salary has broken some record. And then, like their 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 salary over the past two seasons has been higher than it, than it has ever been um, in in DC United history. Uh, probably like the Marcelo Gallardo one is like sitting there from like 2008, and then all the other salaries are going to be like 2018, 2019 players. Um, so I mean, all these all these are good things. These are good things that the team is doing. But Flow Sports is is screwing this up, and their and their execution is poor. If we're gonna make this jump, if we're gonna do this like this, then things better damn well work, and things have not worked. And there was the issues in the first uh, the the game against New York City, which are well documented, and now we have this incident. Um, and you know, apparently it was an issue with the the, the truck or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows if that was just like we need a scapegoat, we need something to throw out there to say, well, look, it wasn't really our fault, it was this. But still, I mean, that's something that you know, if you're paying this much money for the rights, uh, and just the God the. Like stick Dave and Johnson in the friggin' press booth at Audi Field and have them like do the game there and watch it on a monitor there. At least that looks better than that friggin' studio they have that's like completely black with like an LCD screen in the background. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not necessarily opposed to like 
the watching from a monitor. I wish they were live, but dear God, like I look, I watch the, like the, I watch the, the like post game, the halftime, the pregame shows. They all look like they take place like in my, in my high school, like my high school studio that I used to, when I used to do the news show for my, for my school. Like it looks like that type of quality and it's so bad. What's that? Of course you. I said, of course you. Of did course I did. School. Exactly. Yeah. I did too. Of course I did also. So that that's right. We all did it, and now we're and now we're podcasters. So you know, mm-hmm. hey, we're, we're we putting that natural, to... the natural evolution of that process. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but John, man, what what are your? Give me your give me your un, un, unfiltered thoughts right now on this. I feel like the base level service agreement is that the game shows up online. Yeah. Like always. I feel like only one hundred percent uptime is acceptable for this. Everything else can be sort of fringed around on the edges as far as the ancillary content, as far as the pregame postgame, as far as the in-game production, all that is a matter of subjectivity and taste. Uh, the game being on is not. That's sort of a binary state. It was not. That's a problem. Being on and watchable and accessible. I mean, there's still people. I, I just love when they, when they say like, oh, we have no problems, but there's still people that are being blacked out in DC. There's still the issue I ran into where I was blacked out from ESPN and blacked out from flow sports. There's, there's, I, I heard actually, I heard actually, I'm not going to say, you know, which watch party it was, but I heard from one watch party, uh, that basically they could not get flow sports to work. And this was a watch party in the DC area and they could not get flow sports to work. So the owner literally spung up a VPN and put on ESPN plus like that's, that's, that's awful. And that's terrible. Um, it, this technology, the the blackout technology, should work, and that's and that's another part of the game being on. You should, if you pay for this service, you should be able to watch it. Not sometimes watch it, depending on where it decides your IP address is that day. Right. <laughs> like it should work, and you know, extend the the broadcast radius and keep it, you know, and and tell ESPN not to blackout inside this area because you know do something because you shouldn't have issues. You shouldn't have issues, in my opinion, with any of this, but. So I think that being an online, real-time, digital sports network, streaming only requires the level, a level of infrastructure, expertise, and customer service that most companies can't provide, which is why they do most, most of these things are, you know, Fox Sports or Fubo or, or ESPN. They're able to have a large infrastructure behind them that are, they're able to u- utilize from different parts of their business, right? I don't, I think that... <laughs> I think Flow outsources all elements of their of their operation. Their website is done by a, a few a few full time employees and probably a lot of freelancers, according to, to certain posts. They they said that they outsourced their video production to this group that they were they were saying was at fault, which is probably not totally uncommon. ESPN probably even does that. Um, the 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 um, the blackout zone, the authorization, uh, authentication element is probably done on their side because it's it's matching to their server to match credentials. But even the, but that's a screw up thing too. That those are these are highly, highly technical elements that that you need to have a lot of people there who know what they're doing to do, and it just seems like they continually sort of fall down on that. And that's putting aside all of the other stuff that we're that we've been talking about as far as like the other content they provide. Yeah. I feel like it's impossible to not look at this as uh, net negative. The the money's good. I'm glad. The money is good. Um, most teams uh, on their local deals, if they're fan fan friendly, are not making a lot of money. They're really utilizing them as tools to grow the business and to find new fans. The team took a different approach and said, "We're not going to do that. That's not our main concern. Our main concern is to capitalize financially on 
the core group of fans we already have, the hardcores that will go through the time of downloading the app, buying an Apple TV if they didn't have one, buying a Roku if they didn't have one, spending the annual fee up front because they know they're going to want it. That's how that's how they were going to do this thing. And now, I mean, they're being talked about on the fan today. Uh, the team is not being talked about because they're in first place or because of Wayne Rooney, but because of Flow Sports. So that's what happens when you do this. When you when you make a short-sighted, penny-wise, pound-foolish move, uh, there's going to be second-guessing if it doesn't go off perfectly. And if you pick a small company with no real track record of success and only really a track record of failing at this because it's eminently complicated, I would not want to be in this business. Live sports streaming is, is a shitty business to be in because it's the chance of failure is so high. There's so many failure points that are outside your control. So, but they're in this business. They've decided to do this, and they want to grow it even more, and they want to get all of the MLS rights. And I would say, God help us if that happens, because it's not going to get it's not going to get better. They're spending more money to buy these rights, and the infrastructure is not in place to handle it. So, it's a, it's a loser. It's a it's a loser of a deal. I don't think they're going to back out of this deal. No, <laughs> at least throughout the year. That's the the earliest chance they get out of it is in this offseason, but I still don't think they will. And, I think they're in it for the long haul. They're going to try to make it better, but I don't know how they will. And, and there are plenty, and people are like, oh, well, they, they'll go under then. They're going to go under. And I'm like, I, I don't think they're going to go under. I think Flow Sports is going to hum, hum right along. I think they have picked. They have enough niche sports that literally you can't find it anywhere else, and there are people out there that, that pay full the full cost, the full monthly cost for it. Um, that I don't, And they're on a shoestring budget, too. Yeah. They don't send, they don't send, their, they don't send their talent on site. They record the live show out of a, I think, out of a truck. I think that the reason it looks like it's so cramped, I think it's in the production truck. Yeah. So, so they won't go under because they keep their costs so low that the big expenditure, the capital expenditure, was the rights fees. After that, they're probably able to break even or make money just on subscriptions, however many there are, um, on how low everything is is priced out. I will be very curious because the one thing that will that could cause me to to explore other options is is going to be whether they offer the discount next year. Like they did this year. Um, oh, they better. Yeah. Oh, they better. <laughs> yeah, they they better at this point. I mean, because I otherwise I'm I would probably just I would figure out something else. Um, I would either do something else or or come up with some other way to do it. And you know, it's it. I think you hit the nail head. This thing had to work perfectly. Video streaming has gotten a heck of a lot better than it used to be, but it's still not quite there. And I think a lot of people sometimes people talk about how bad it looks, how pixelated it looks. Uh, sometimes I think that has some to do with the internet connection they're on. Uh, mm-hmm. But then again, uh, you know, uh, you can't really, you, you got to foresee those types of things. And it, it doesn't excuse the problems we've had. The the problem, it, that is an excuse for what we had yesterday. Everybody was experiencing it. And it was, it's supremely annoying. It's it's very frustrating because, I mean, it's, it's happened. I mean, I remember, you know, there's games on Comcast that have done that. Um, but two, I'd say two major issues within the same year. Uh, no, I, I haven't. I've never seen it happen. I, I mean, maybe we had a couple issues with the uh, the uh, the Sinclair deal, but I don't remember just consistent issue after issue and just frustration. And, you know, again, you know, it's it's yeah, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And it's not getting better, folks. This is this is going to be a long three years. And let's just hope let's just hope MLS is paying attention and seeing all of this. And saying, you know what, flow, no. And you know, even if it gets better, let's hope they're like, no, we, we don't wanna we don't wanna we don't wanna impose this. But I mean if, if flow comes knocking with, you know, with with money, um, I, I don't know that MLS would ever would say no, um, in particular. They and, won't. And I, they, I really think I really do think MLS steered them to flow sports because they're like, let's get some teams on this. 
And this is kind of their their challenge. Let's see how they do. Um, I, I really think that. I really think that Flo said, we really want the MLS rights. And they're like, well, we can't negotiate yet because we have to wait till the contract's over. But, uh, hey, DC's looking for a local partner. Come over here. Come over here. Come over here, uh, Jason. Talk to this guy. Um, so, and it, I, I hope so far I'm, uh, Don Garber's like, uh, no, we're not doing this. We're, we're not, we're not taking part in this, but who knows if Don Garber's even here in four years or three, four uh, years. I, I, listen, if there's one thing MLS likes more than quality, it's, uh, money. Yeah. They'll take, they'll take a shitty ownership group in a place where, uh, the city has repeatedly told them they don't want a team say Miami, for instance, <laughs> They will, they will, it's all about getting that, it's all about getting that lump sum money that they can redistribute to their owners to keep them happy and keep them, keep them investing in, in a currently money losing operation, taking, taking some aside. Um, they're, they're, they're going to take, they'll take the money uh, and it'll be a complete disaster and it'll set the league back. Uh, but the fact that they have this national television deal that no one is watching at all and they can't get any traction at all they can't get they can't get out they can't get the euro snob they can't get the casual viewer they're getting the people who would watch it were it on local if they were they were local they're getting them and they're getting a few other people it's it's a the tv is a fraught enterprise with mls um and and, and the flow will only make it worse yeah i don't see they, they're not they're not going to turn into espn plus overnight it's just going to be these problems on a larger scale but mls is going to be fine with it if Flow can get venture capital to give them $250 million or whatever the hell, some, some sort of outrageous amount of money that will blow every, blow Fox out of the water. They'll take it. They won't even think about it. There won't yeah. even be a pause. <sighs> All right. I think we've, I think we've digested enough. I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to like go take, you know, shots of liquor at this point <laughs> after, after this conversation. Um, thank you, John. It's okay. Cause there's only like six more games in a row on flow. So <laughs> oh, it's cool. Lord. And we get a break at least. We get like a, we're gonna have like That's a nice true. two three. You can week. watch other things. Yes. It won't, it won't we got, we got the women's World Cup and the Gold Cup that we're gonna be talking about. That we're gonna be watching. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah. Um, I guess with that, uh, we will take a quick break. Uh, stick around. I guess we'll have some of your listener comments, and we will uh, talk a little bit about the games coming up. So stick around. To listen to our Curie Refugees podcast. Welcome back to the RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted and John here, coming to you, not from uh, not no issues. There be no issues with this podcast. I'm going to go ahead and make a guarantee on that one. No <laughs> issues whatsoever. 100. percent You'll be able to listen to 100 percent of the show, whether you want to or not. You know, it's just gonna it's gonna be blasted everywhere. I'm working on that. Trust me. Um, so DC's got two games coming up uh, Wednesday and Saturday again before the two week break. They've got a game against at home against Chicago. On a game against San Jose, um, I don't think there's any stretch of the imagination. The, the, this should be a six point, uh, a six point week. We should be talking about this team sitting alone at the top of the table um, by the end of June first, and that comes with two victories. And I, I don't, you know, eh, both these teams are, you know, kind of they're kind of been back and forth. I think Chicago's a little more on the downswing at this point. Um, their guy Nikolic, who had an absolutely amazing season, um, is not performing well. Um, they've been re- relying a lot of sort of CJ Zapong and just a lot of like, you know, really ugly goals, but they're not playing anything short of good soccer. Um, they're already planning on leaving their stadium, so no one's coming out the game. So it's pretty much like, you know, an absolute ghost town um, out there, Bridgeview. 
Um, and then you got uh, San Jose, who started out looking like probably one of the worst teams in the league, and then suddenly they have been bringing Wando off the bench. He's not scoring. Finally, you know, uh, Almeida says, okay, Wando, you get a start. And he scores four goals, and then he had two goals uh, last week. So he's got six goals on the year, so he's now two behind Wayne Rooney in the span of two games after not scoring for a year. Um, I guess, uh, John, I, I mean, have you had an opportunity to watch any of these uh, teams or have any, any sort of insight you want to give? Yeah, San Jose is a weird game, weird team to watch. Similar to DC, uh, it's actually similar to a lot of teams. They're they're, they're very up and down. They're feaster. They're 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 scoring in bunches. They'll score four, and then they'll go they'll go three games where they don't score more than one. Um, it's uh, I I think of the two teams, I think I'm more concerned about San Jose, and I'm not just saying that because of Wando's all of a sudden rediscovered scoring touch. Um, I think I think Chicago has a problem. Uh, at defense and in goalie, although <laughs> David Osted was going to start on, or thought he was starting on Wednesday, and was told by a, a, a reporter that he was not, and then he said, "Oh, that's the first I've heard of this." So Kenneth Kronholm, uh, who came from a Bundesliga two team in this last window, uh, will be starting. So unfortunately for us, and <laughs> more for us that we don't get a chance to play against Osted, um, I, I feel like fire. That should I think that should be three points. San Jose also should be three points, but it'll be, I think, potentially more challenging and probably require more of a, a more tactical awareness, maybe than the Chicago game. Well, they they will be without. Um, I think it was um, Espinoza. I know he got it. He got a yellow card, um, so he will be he will be out for the uh, for the uh, for the game against uh, against DC. So, you know, you obviously you know you don't want to cheer the suspension of a player, but I guess them being you know they're they're not a team that's like. Deep. They're not a team that's going to be that's like LAFC, Atlanta FC levels deep. True. They're they are pretty thin. Um, also, I think Tommy Thompson. Also, I think he got a card, so he's out of the game as well. Um, Tommy Thompson, Sweet. who many people thought was going to be like you know the next great American player, um, and boy do that boy do things like that change quickly. Uh, but he's still a very solid player, and he's really I think he's really developed uh, pretty well. Um, other than that, I mean Nick Lima's also been um, a pretty good player for them. Um, he'll I'm sure he'll be out there. So. Uh, gotta watch the wings. Um, hope to God that he's not facing up against uh, Pedroso. Otherwise, we might have a long night on that, on our hands. Um, question: Do you do you think uh, where do you think is Pedroso? Is he done, or do you think he maybe gets one more run out? I think he'll get another game. Yeah, he'll play. He'll play until Joseph Moore comes back. Yeah, and I don't think Joseph Moore has even been training fully yet. So unfortunately, um, unless we switch. Although I believe that Pines may be healthy again, so we might maybe we see a reversion to the three man back line. And that gets him out of the lineup. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, that, we could see that. I could absolutely see that. Um, I I think though without Ariola, certainly for the for, certainly for the Chicago game, I don't know if you'll see yeah, them run. You won't see them run that out. Um, I think you'll see them probably play the the same sort of formation. Uh, but then once if Ariola is back on June first, maybe you switch to that. Maybe you move into that type of formation, um, to try to to try to get a win. So. Uh, tough game, tough game for DC, and and uh, a tough, uh, kind of tough two games for DC, and it's on a short run, and then they get you know a, a, a seven week break, or I think it's that long. It's going to be a long break before we see DC play, um, but we got a lot of other soccer to entertain us. Um, we all talk. Oh, we should we talk? Uh, you watched any of the the U twenties, the US U twenties out there with Chris Durkin? Just I saw a little bit of it, not enough to not enough to speak. They, so I watched the I watched the Ukraine game and and most of the Nigeria game. Um, if you if you are somebody who has who doesn't see why you should watch the U twenties or why you should watch you know eighteen nineteen year old kids play soccer, uh, you should be watching. 
the U20 World Cup. Um, the U.S. is playing probably some of the best soccer they have ever played on any international level. The passing, the movement, um, it's incredible. It, it's absolutely phenomenal to watch a U.S. team uh, completely boss things around. And we, we, we've had, you know, good U20 teams in the past, um, but I don't think we've had anything this good. Um, and it's certainly, you know, U20 results don't dictate sometimes. Like, you, I'm not saying if we win the U20 World Cup, we're going to win the World Cup. Um, but I think we've got a lot of talent on this team. Um, and we got a lot of guys that are going to are gonna be probably getting Bundesliga or potentially, you know, other European contracts um, after this World Cup. And that's really what it's all about. I think the important thing for the U.S. is to make these tournaments, uh, to get a little bit of a showcase out of it. Um, and you can sometimes, you can drive up value. Uh, you look at guys like Josh Starden and Weston McKinney, who all got they got Bundesliga offers um, almost as soon as the U twenty World Cup was done. Um, as soon as U twenty World Cup was done, they were all like, "Yeah, we'll we'll take you, we'll sign you." Um, and that's what happens when you when 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 you go to these tournaments. Um, and if you don't make them, you don't get that opportunity. And I think there were a lot of U S players that missed out on opportunities when they failed to qualify for these tournaments. So uh, check them out. Uh, they've got a game I think on Thursday. Um, against uh, Qatar, it is during the workday, so you know, you know, hide your phone or, or figure out a way to, to sneak out or take some time off. But uh, definitely worth the watch, um, in my opinion. So uh, yeah, um, that's been good, and uh, I, I I will talk a little bit. Uh, I'll talk. I'll touch on this because I've talked about this a lot. I've talked about this, but the U.S. Uh, Soccer Hall of Fame votes came out, and um, the only player who made the list was Abby Wambach, and I'm not going to dispute anything. Abby Wambach absolutely deserves to be in the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. But for, but for, I believe, the ninth year that he's been on the ballot, Jaime Moreno is currently not in the Hall of Fame. He garnered a measly 36% of the vote. John, if a player in any other sport had been a part of four championship teams, had been named the best, you know, on the best, you know, 11, best team, whatever, for that league, had been, and if we're talking, you know, internationally, you know, for soccer, because I know soccer has, you know, MLS has, there's a lot of trophies you can win in American soccer got the open cup you got the supporter shield you know you got a lot of different types of trophies but i mean here's a guy who who, who was a part of 12 of, D, of dc's 13 major championships um the only trophy the team has won has been the 2013 open cup without him would that player in any other sport be in the hall of fame for that sport maybe i feel like uh hall of fames are notoriously fickle and usually have problems with voting baseball hall of fame is a prime example of the sort of weird Sports writers will decide that no one deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, or if you played in a time of of other players potentially cheating, you might be. There's a whole bunch of like weird writers, uh, you know, smelling their own whatever to make their own decision making. And I think that the I, I don't know enough about the soccer hall, the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame, to say that uh, there's issues here. But it sounds like the voting is not does not reflect the will of the of the fans. Well, the, the biggest problem I think with the Hall of Fame is there, there's there's two big issues. Number one, and, and Taylor Twelman actually pointed out this a year ago, and he's been really the only body only person to really talk about it. But a majority of the people who are eligible to vote do not vote in the Hall of Fame. I think it's like he did like it was something like less than half. Uh, it was like between I think between thirty and fifty percent of the Hall of Fame ballots actually get filled out. Um, I, I mean, and just the fact that nineteen percent of ballot of voters thought. That and, and that that's something that probably happens, you know, in every poll and every vote. You know, you're going to be guys that just say, ah, they they don't think about it or they they just don't vote for it. But for whatever reason, but Abby Wambach, that's pretty bad turnout, though. That's yeah. that's kind of that's kind of a joke. Yeah, it is. It is, and you know, it's it's it. it 
and it it's important for I think for 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 reasons everybody's like well you know I don't I don't really care about the Hall of Fame that's fine you don't care but MLS is in danger of sort of the the early history of the league sort of fading and it's already faded a lot um, there and I think these Hall of Fame votes you know they they serve that purpose in the NFL they serve that purpose in baseball really any sport that has a Hall of Fame they serve a purpose of recognizing the history recognizing the players that came first. And what what has been kind of like shocking to me is it seems like that it's like post Beckham, post designated player rule. It's like all that history uh, of, of previous MLS is very much fading. Um, I remember they did like a I think it was, it was MLS or Sports Illustrated where they did like a, an interview with everybody who played in like the the first part of the league, and that was fantastic. And that and that's that's like easy stuff that you can do. Um, in my opinion. MLS needs to take this over or U.S. soccer needs to say, you know what, we're going to establish a new International Players Hall of Fame for players who, you know, didn't compete for the national team. Because that's really what this is all about. The For whatever reason, a lot of these riders have decided that if you do not contribute for the national team in, in a significant way, because Taylor Twelman, his, his contributions to MLS should warrant him a Hall of Fame induction. But he played maybe a couple games for the national team and unfortunately had his career cut short due to concussions or could never quite make it to that next level um, in the national team. And he, he's getting, you know, scrubbed, too. So I want to, you know, I want to you know point out an American player who I think is certainly getting shut out. Um, I think Brian Escurry is another notable who was kind of shut out of the Hall of Fame and hasn't really made it. So it's it's U.S. soccer needs to revamp it. They need to recognize these these international players who come to this league. Uh, by the way, Pele's in the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame, in case you didn't know. So if Pele's in there, then clearly this idea, well, it's just for Americans. It's a U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. It's not a you know international players. But you you need to recognize these players who come to this league and MLS and make them and make a statement. Um, who put who put forward careers that you know. Like you look, go look at the all-time goals leaders in MLS. Jaime Moreno is fourth, and he's also two of the top five. Really, if you look at the top five, there are two players who have a hundred goals, over hundred goals, and hundred assists. One is Landon Donovan, who I'm, I'm pretty sure he's already in the Hall of Fame. Maybe he needs to wait a few years, but he'll certainly be a first ballot. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, and the other one's Jaime Moreno. Um, that's it's significant to me that MLS is not recognizing these these contributions and certainly us soccer is not either. So I think MLS needs to pick up that mantle and say, you know what, you know, we're going to establish our own recognition, you know, our own hall of fame, you know, partner with us soccer if you want, you know, or or maybe come up with your own thing, but there needs to be some type of recognition and and something needs to be done uh, because MLS is in danger of sort of losing its history um, and, and sort of the early days of MLS kind of fading in the background, like, oh, we don't want to talk about that. But there are some absolutely amazing memories and amazing games. Um, so that, I'm going to get off my soapbox for that. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. But um, we do have listener comments. John, do you want to start with the listener comments? Yeah, some questions. Um, Jimmy R. DC, DCU Gooner says, what should I think about Segura because I can't make up my mind? I think that I think that's the show's position as well. Yeah, uh, I think he's a bit of a... I don't want to call him a donkey, uh, but he's a, he 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 works hard. He's he can get past some people. I've I've found that kind of interesting. He's got he's gotten very good at dribbling along the along the sideline, uh, but his crossing sucks, um, and he doesn't have the offensive I think sense in the box to really uh, to really be a threat. He's I, not Ariola. He can't even he can't even come close to yeah 
what he brings. He, he's he's very much he's sort of the line. He's the line between a starter and a reserve, and he's sort of that player, that benchmark where you can sort of judge yourself. Um, and, and there have been you know sort of blogs in the past. I think you know before it's been. I think Josh Wolf was the line. You know, Branko Boscovich was the line. You know, it's quarter of that that in between. Okay, here's a guy who can potentially be. You can sometimes, you know, make some starts, but is mostly a reserve player. But he's kind of in, in that middle. And you know, it, if you want to judge how you get better, it's when that line, when suddenly you have a player who is better. And I think of of those players that are sort of at the line, Ulysses Segura is probably one of the best, one of the best we've had because um, we've had some stinkers on that line between starters and reserves. Good gracious, we have. So um, I will say that about him. Um, I think he's a solid guy off the off the bench. I think he brings he bring he can really sort of run at defenses and. And make a difference, uh, but yeah, uh, it's kind of a. I, I don't know where exactly he'll fit um, in the future, especially if this team makes some moves in the offseason to get better. Uh, Tim Flesh wants the latest on the Lucho saga, which uh, is, I think, believe no, no, no change there. Nothing public. Yeah. None of our, none of our, none of our sources, our deep, our deep sources deep within the team have uh, let us know anything about that. Unfortunately. I think probably status quo. I think he's still gone at the end of the year. I yeah, think that's probably what we're gonna have happen. Yeah, I mean, but. he's gone in January, regardless of whether he signs a new contract or not. I think we've all said that. So, I mean, we don't. Uh, know. There's nothing. <laughs> nope. At Laura, at Laura Kakuk says status of Pines and Mora returns, please. Uh, Pines is back training with the team. There were pictures of him playing uh, or uh, training at the Audi Field recently. So he uh, unclear if he's in the 18 for Wednesday. Uh, but he's got to be getting close. And Mora, there's not, again, nothing nothing released by the team. Uh, we're sort of just putting, you know, reading tea leaves based on social media. He's more active lately. He's sponsored by Tropical Smoothie. <laughs> so he's got, like, free smoothies for life, which is pretty cool, I guess. Or hey, free man. smoothies yeah. for the year. Got to um, do some recovery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you can get the immune booster. Uh, yeah. There's lots of there's lots of powders you can put in your smoothies, so maybe that's what he's going with. Also, also it makes sense too because his jaw was wired shut, so it's actually sort of good, good synergy that the guy who has his has to eat liquid food is sponsored by the smoothie company. Very very smart. Um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we we don't we don't have anything definitive. I think he's still a little bit away. I think that we're probably looking back, looking for him to join us after the ex- exceedingly long break. I think that's probably the most common sense time. Um, and the team's going to have a lot of time where I think he can build up fitness. So I expect I expect to see him out there, um, certainly by the Toronto game. I think maybe he'll make an appearance off the bench, and then maybe they'll, they'll integrate him very quickly into the team. And then the last one, we were, had, we were sort of talking about this uh, in between segments. At Wise Mind says uh, he saw an email about fan cam being used to identify folks in 136 who threw cups. An Audi ban up to six months is a possible penalty. Sounds like decent grist for the mill. Uh, yes, I think that's true. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to read Pablo's piece in The Athletic about FanCam, about how uh, it's actually sort of a pretty interesting product that can get a high-definition picture of everybody in the stadium. Uh, they, they, they take pictures um, all game long. A lot of times... Uh, <laughs> the people I'm with are often have their eyes closed or are like looking very sad. I have lots of funny pictures of friends going to games, all looking like <laughs> soccer is the most boring thing in the universe. And I have that as a, as a captured, <laughs> uh, but there's, there's conversation about what they can do with that information, uh, where you're watching the game, uh, race, gender, um, 
sort of just behavioral stuff that people didn't quite think of as being sort of something they consented to by going to the game. Yeah. Uh, they but, can I mean, guess your age too, apparently. So they can determine like, they say, Oh, we can determine how many, how many millennials are coming to games. And I'm like, that's really creepy. It's really yeah. creepy. <laughs> yeah, if it's, if it's like a time I took a gym, uh, gym assessment to see how old I was. I wonder if they think that I'm also 94 years old. <laughs> Probably not, but maybe so. Um, so that, so the fact that it's being used theoretically or, or potentially being threatened to be used as a means of disciplining uh, the supporters groups who are throwing beer uh, onto the field is not surprising, probably at all. The weight of the ban is either intentionally being provocatively scary to try to dissuade it, which is, I hope, what it is. Uh, otherwise, I feel like that's a very aggressive ban. If it's a if it if it's a one time thing for sure, even if it's a once or twice thing, six months is pretty heavy, particularly if you're a season ticket holder, because you don't get your money back if you're if that's the case. They just they say you can't come. I, I will say you know, but don't do that, guys. Don't yeah, throw beer. Yeah, on the don't field, don't throw cups. You know, I think the idea is just hold on to your cup. I think it's the thing. You know, the beer shower thing is kind of is kind of in a polarizing thing. You know, I've always thought it as. Just something happens when you sit in that section. Um, and I haven't actually sat in the supporter section. I've been kind of moving away from it a little bit. Because um, you're getting old, Ted. Yeah, I guess that's it, man. I'm getting old. You break your ankle and it just kind of starts. And now I'm going to start to be I'm going to be sitting man. in a chair yelling at people for get off my lawn is going to be the next step. <laughs> Stop that's, throwing beer. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not good. It's the next logical step. Um, but the fan, so one thing I will say about sort of the – so there, there was a situation once. I remember I went to to a U.S. game, um, and there were there were friends, you know, who would travel to those games, and they were friends I had that traveled up from Texas and a lot of other places. Um, and there was an incident where I think a fan dropped a a someone dropped a smoke bomb, and one of my friends she got tossed out of the game and accused of throwing the smoke bomb, even though she said. No, I didn't. I didn't throw the smoke bomb. I had nothing to do with that. And the stadium people said, no, you did it. You're out. And so I will say uh, sometimes, you know, the the having the CSC stadium police uh, involved in a lot of ways sometimes can can become problematic. Um, So I think maybe the sort of having the ban sort of take effect after after the fact uh, can sometimes be a little bit of a safer and, and better way to handle it. Because uh, you make sure that you're that you're getting the right people and you're not potentially punishing somebody who isn't. Um, that being said, um, I do not agree at all with the, the the whole cam thing is a little bit unsettling. I guess it, it's sort of very Big Brotherish, and and I'm not, and I'm certainly not in support of them guessing my age and and the amount of tracking I guess that they're going to do with it. Um, I don't. I remember once it first came out, I'm like, oh cool, this is a cool fam cam. Look, I'm going to tag. My dad and my and my wife and me, and then I realized, wow, I, I played into that completely. Now they know exactly who it is. They have my Facebook page. I think I'm going to stop that from now. On. <laughs> too late though. Yep, too late. Too late on that one, I guess. But I guess when I show up to a game, I I, I won't participate anymore. So they won't gather more data about me. You wear a big fake mustache and really throw them off your scent. <laughs> wear a mask. That's the way to do it. Do a mask. Yeah, wear a mask. Yeah. Wear one of the ones you can buy. Get one of those Wayne Rooney weird masks you can buy in the team store. Yes. Do the gay really? guy fox mask too. I just wear yep. one of those. Yep. I'm sure that won't attract attention. Nope, none. <laughs> the FBI will not be in your uh, in your section uh, yeah, by half time. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. They'll tell me to take the mask. I think you can't wear masks in public. I think that's like a, a like an ordinance. Yeah, so that's I, true. I might get in trouble for that. Anyway, uh, anything else we want to add to the to games? Any thoughts? Any any ramblings you want to have? We didn't make any predictions. No, we did not make. We any probably predictions. do that. What do we got? What do we got for this game? What do we got for these two uh, games coming up? 
Uh, Chicago Fire game, DC, uh, two nothing, DC. Uh, San Jose game, two one, DC. I think six points. I think I think six points because it has to be six points. Yeah, it has to be six points. I got one nothing against Chicago. I think it's going to be an ugly, ugly game that DC is going to pull off off a off a Wayne Rooney set piece in some some capacity. Penalty or set piece? Penalty, Penalty or set, set piece. piece. Yeah, and then I think it's going to be two one again. Um, I think they. Uh, DC gets a goal off a set piece, and then they do get one on the run of play. But otherwise, it's going to be, hey, we're still top of the East, and we got two wins, but no one's going to be happy about how the team is playing. Um, so, gotta yeah. Got to love being in first yeah. and having every fan being like, man, this sucks to watch. Fire right Olsen! Fire Olsen! Fire right. him! Fire him! I'm like, come on, y'all. Like, like look at the – never mind. I'm, I've given up on I've given up on some of those people, to be honest. Um yeah, if you can be respectful and and want to argue for Olsen not having a job, you're welcome to come on the show. But you got to be respectful and not and not just be yelling. Um, so that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, anyway, uh, and have a candidate to replace. Yes, uh, and uh, and have someone in mind. Yes, to replace, not just being like we just need to get rid of Olsen. He doesn't do inter- he doesn't do post game interviews right. Got to be more than that too. Like I want to see some more. I want to see some some actual tactical analysis because th- there are there is analysis you can do on him. And I've had discussions with friends uh, about kind of sort of the the changes Olsen has made tactically to this team and whether they've actually been good for the team or not. There are definite arguments to be made, but so far I don't hear a lot of that from that group. So feel free to chime in with those with those types of things. Uh, John, speaking we- of post game shows, also speaking of post game shows, you made a good point on Twitter. Uh, it would cost nothing for Flow FC to broadcast in the post game his 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 conference his, yes, his, his, his press game conference. It would n- cost no money. Yeah, they have cameras there anyway. Just record. It, it's what every single local right. deal does. Even if they don't have the rights to the deal, like Comcast will put on the the Washington football team's coach press conference yeah. after the is game. Is it captivating? No, but is it content? That can it be captivating? Yep. absolutely. It can be captivating, man. There, there have been some great Olsen press conferences, man. Like there have been like some like not now, not when we're in first place. Yeah, when that's we're, true. We've got six goals all year. Yeah, then then, then you got some stuff. That's true. Then you got the Schadenfreude. There, there's no there's no John Tortorella type moments though. We still no. haven't. I, I guess Pecky came close with the some with trade the, pass amounts would be would be cool. <laughs> yes, yeah, that would be cool. Uh, give me some fist fights too. Why not? No, I'm just kidding. No sure. fist fights. Um, but uh, uh, John, we have a Patreon, a new Patreon subscriber, right? We do. Uh, I don't know if I've already off. given credit to this. I think I did for Brian Brian Kane and Josiah. You are our new patrons. We appreciate it. Yes. We're uh, still locked in at 30 patrons. Uh, we've gotten a lot of requests for post game shows in the last couple weeks. Uh, we'd love to do them. Uh, I think if we are we set the goal for 40 patrons. Uh, to sort of lock in that second episode each week so that we know that there's enough of a demand for us talking at you twice a week for, yeah. you know, two hours probably combined. If, if there is that, I, th- I think that uh, uh, that's, our, that's our good way of telling that the, the, the desire is, is real. I'll say this. I'll say this. If you're if you make it, if you're listening to the show and you, you want a postgame show, I'm going to say you got to pledge to call in because the last couple shows we didn't have anybody call in. So I'm going to say if we get five people that say I pledge to call into the show. We will we will do one. Um we will do one. I I don't think it's probably not going to cuz I we John isn't is obviously at game at the home games. Um and a lot of you go to the games, so I I've always kind of just kind of reserved this for away games. Um when more of y'all were listening, um I think the Orlando game would be an away game. Am I right about that? 
No, no, so. no, 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 because we played them away. Never mind. That has to be a home game. So they got two home games with the Orlando and then Toronto FC. Uh, but the next away game, we'll, once we find that one, that is, we'll plan to do a uh, show. But um, I, you guys have like over a month. I need five people to pledge to actually call in and, and to call in the show and participate because we, we talk like this all the time. But the postgame show is supposed to be special because we get to hear y'all's thoughts. So um, definitely would like to see some people call in and, and have their voices heard. So that's the only thing I'm going to say about the postgame show. So we'll do them. But I, I need some motivation. So g- give me five people. Five people. That's all I'm asking. All I'm asking. All right. Uh, Patreon.com slash RFQ Refugees. You want to donate to the show. Uh, Twitter.com slash RFQ Refugees. Hit us up on our Facebook page, which we have not been very active on. We'll work on work on that. Uh, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you can rate. Tell your friends about us. Pass along the show. Uh, I think we got we got we did have some people actually post some stickers at other places. So we need more of those. We need more of those. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll order some more stickers as well. Um, again, thank you all so, so much for listening, contributing to the show. You guys make are what make us do the show. We got one out to you a little earlier, th- early this week, so you got some time to listen to it. So uh, apologies for last week. But, uh, yeah, um, for Ted, I'm John. We will catch you all next week. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.